Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you're listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen podcast. I'm John Abraham. I'm Caleb Worth. I'm Gleep. Welcome to episode five of the Versecast, recorded on October 21st, 2014. This week on the Versecast, exciting news out of CIG, including a new flyable ship. In Verse Chat, we discuss more facts and rumors taken from the ever-expanding Star Citizen community, and Chris Roberts gets a break from saying my name. Plus, <laughs> much, much more. But first, um, I'd like to follow up on some stuff from last week. We There were a couple things that we said that we would get uh, back to, and so um, I wanted to... Uh, very first thing to say that I made reference to another podcast a couple of times last week, and I wanted to clear up that my intention in doing so was uh, to acknowledge what's fun and cool about Star Citizen um, and not to borrow from their content. So uh, going forward, I want to make sure to give credit where credit's due, and the podcast that I was referring to is called Star Signal. I found them on iTunes, so please uh, do check them out for yourself. It's, uh, I've listened to a couple episodes, and I like it a lot. Um, also, John and I were discussing uh, the uh, transition in CryEngine from 32- to 64-bit addressing, and the question came up, uh, will a 64-bit operating system be required to play Star Citizen? And so I did a little bit of research and found on the RSI website that the intention is for the requirements for Star Citizen to remain roughly the same as those for CryEngine. Yeah, the CryEngine site, I checked the CryEngine site and I didn't find anything that indicated a 64-bit operating system will be uh, required. So I think that's pretty good news. Yeah, I've never really seen that in in any modern games, even today. So I thought that was kind of weird to see, but I guess, like I said last week, it probably wouldn't be too big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's going to be, but, you know, Chris has said a couple of times that his intention is to push the limits of PC gaming, so, you know, it's it's not an unreasonable question to ask, I think. Yeah, and and even though the new consoles are 64-bit, he's still said that it's probably never coming to consoles, so. Did he say, is that because of uh, requirement or um, limitations on the hardware, or is there I, some other... Yeah, the hardware and the software... I would think. Oh, okay, okay. And and the input <laughs> peripherals. Yeah, oh. the input too. Yeah. Yeah, that would be unless I, I guess unless you had some sort of voice activated uh, system on board, uh, it would make it uh, difficult to do everything this game is going to do with uh, what half a dozen buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Although it oh. does have a a heavy emphasis on, you know, the third person walking around aspect. So, I don't know. It might it might be good to play with a controller. I think. Uh, are you going to play primarily with a controller? Um, I am. I'm uh, when I fly. That's all I use. Um, yeah. And um, I, when I'm just running around inside my hangar, I use my controller. I haven't obviously. I haven't had a chance to do anything FPS yet. So, um, I don't know how that will will work because I just I really really suck with a controller in FPS games. So, um, yeah, I guess I was, I was just thinking about like, um, a lot of MMOs, even though this isn't a typical MMO require typing, you know, if you're going to search for a certain item that you want to buy or, you know, I'm discussing that 
there would be a few interface things that would be challenging without a keyboard. So, yeah, um, but I, that's true. But I think Star Citizen is going for the more um, material input, I guess you could call it. <laughs> I mean, right? It's not going to be like, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's going to be more you're actually doing it versus typing it type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do know from playing in. Uh... Uh, Elite Dangerous, that a lot of times you're trying to get from one place to another and the easiest way to navigate around the uh, galaxy map is to be able to type in your destination and actually find it because otherwise it's just, you know, thousands of stars and it's really hard to to see the Mm -hmm. name sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think uh, I think the keyboard and mouse is uh, is going to be an integral part in some capacity um, and then peripherals for um, the, the parts of the game that you prefer uh, that sort of control scheme. Yeah, so, right. Cool. Um, and then another question we asked, because uh, John actually has been a backer since day one, uh, we were we were going to research what a golden ticket holder is. And um, I've heard it discussed on, on, on other shows, uh, primarily on Guard Frequency. One of the guys there is a golden ticket holder. And I looked up and found that, uh, John, you missed it by one day. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the verbiage I found said that it's uh, for people who activated their accounts before October 10th, 2012. So, um, Those people are crazy. Like, how, <laughs> how would you even find the site? <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, uh, Uber fans. Yeah. Um, but the the ticket itself uh, was originally an invitation to an event on October 10th. So I guess kind of the precursor to what CitizenCon has turned into. Uh-huh. And reading verbatim, it entitles the holder to a special decal on their ship if they subsequently backstar Citizen by pledging for one or more of the spaceship tiers, as well as unannounced uh, an unannounced small in-game item. A golden ticket holder has no additional privileges or game status outside of being able to say that they were some of the earliest members of the community. So it's 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 very very cool, but it has actually less practical value than LTI. So there you go. <laughs> well, hopefully in the future they will give something special to people that registered on the first day. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the, the final thing I want to follow up on is uh, last week we were talking about militia vehicles and where they had all gone and were more going to be offered. And we were sort of at a loss for what even a militia vehicle is. And I didn't really find any information uh, detailing exactly what that entails, what a militia vehicle does. But uh, it sort of sounded like from the flavor of what I found that it's kind of like the National Guard. It's what we think of as the National Guard here in the U.S. It's not full military, but it's um, uh, it's also not police. It's sort of kind of something in between. Um, and I'm not a Guard member, so I, I, I hope I'm not uh, um, misrepresenting that, but it's just the, the way that I kind of see it. Um, and uh, that police ships, the point being that police ships are are more for straight-up law enforcement, whereas um, the militia is going to be for more extraordinary uh, situations. So uh, the Cutlass Black, um, which is currently on sale, is a uh, militia-slash-patrol vehicle. 
Um, and the blue, which um, I, Caleb, you said earlier uh, before we started recording that you actually picked one up. I did. Yep. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, is a police vehicle instead. So, um, uh, so there's a, a, a difference there. And then, John, uh, much much to our embarrassment, uh, the ships that we own, uh, the Aurora LN, are actually militia vehicles. So. Um, uh, those uh, and those are still available yeah 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 that's that was that was that was good um and then the freelancer mis which is no longer available is also a militia vehicle so but that's uh that's the stuff i wanted to cover Um, i hope the cutlass blue has like a spinning red and blue light on top (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome uh caleb can you describe what uh what the ship's like yeah, it's it's really honestly not a whole lot different than the black, um, besides the price. <laughs> no, it's 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 got a few things. It comes with um, eight missiles, so that's two pods, um, and you can tell by looking at the front that the cockpit is a little bit different, uh, mainly just in the shape of the um, glass in the front where you can look out, and. Um, the cargo hold, instead of having just cargo space, it's um, it comes with kind of these um, holding cells, so you can, you know, arrest people, I suppose, or you know, I don't know what kind of people you'd be putting in there if they'd be NPCs or what. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, there's I think there's like six different holding cells in the back, um, but you can also take those out if you're not going to be doing that. Which I at this point they haven't talked much about that, so. At this point, I'm thinking I'll probably just take those out unless I really have a good reason to keep them there. And then I can carry more cargo. But um, other than that, um, I think the ship, as well as the package, both came with the stun baton and cuffs, which you could also get separately. Not anymore. Um, That sale ended yesterday. Mm -hmm. But I think um, that's also part of either purchase of the ship. So. Did you receive those? I mean, have you? Can you play with them yet? No, he can, yeah, nope. <laughs> no, I, I just, I'm just dying to see what a stun baton looks like. I guess it's like sort of a, a taser. Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll have to see. I don't, I don't really know. The description was, well, I don't know. I just don't remember. They just uh, added those to Daisy, actually. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's cool. cool. I don't. I think in. Um, What's the uh, not Grand Theft Auto? The other one, Saints Row. They they had a, a taser, which was a lot of fun to play with. You just <laughs> go around tasing random people. You know. <laughs> the um, other difference, I forgot. There's a better um, power plant or engine, one of the two, and um, also I think it has a better shield. Yeah, there's like two things like that. I think that's what it was. Okay. How, big are, how, how big are the cells? Are they um, are they they have like a cot in them, or are they more like a <laughs> cage or something? Yeah, they're each of them has a toilet, which is kind of funny. And then there's like two bunks, like they look like you're supposed to be able to lay down in. I don't know that you'd want two people in one cell, but that's just what it looks like. So it's it's pretty small though. Wow! So if you have like half a dozen of those, you can carry quite a few people. Yeah, it'll. I mean, we're, it's yet to see if you'll be able to put two in one. Probably not. I would guess it's just a single person cage. 
Oh, sweet, sweet. Um, well, I Caleb shared with me before we started that um, how to get into my cutlass, um, or at least a, <laughs> an, another thing to try, because I'm, I'm has of yet uh, unsuccessful getting into uh, into mine, because I'm dying to see what my uh, what my auto dock and my hospital suite looks like. So, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to report back on that next week. How how uh, spacious is it inside? Um, it is pretty big. From the pictures, it kind of seems like the center part is um, small, but it is tall enough to stand inside the center, and um, it fits. Um, if you were to take the the cages out, it would hold 120 freight units. So it's decent size. Oh, okay. Oh, that's pretty, yeah, that's and pretty I, good. And I guess I guess I should just tell the people the tip for getting in your cutlass in case you just bought one and don't know how. <laughs> there's yeah, a tiny good idea. There's a tiny button on the back. So if you're facing the back of the ship, um, there's two landing gear, and on the right one, there's a small blue button on the outside of it. So you just have to hit that, and it's kind of hard to see if you're not in a well lit hangar. So that's what I found out. Cool. Looking forward to checking that out. All right. Um, well, now on to the Versecast news portion of the show. Um, we had thought last week that there was just going to be all kinds of news, but when I dug down into it, there just really wasn't um, all that much. And I, I heard Chris say on 10 for the Chairman that they've been really, really busy uh, post-CitizenCon and prepping for PAX Australia so that they haven't had a, a chance to do a lot of the things uh uh, that they had uh, planned on, so they're playing catch up, and so that'll give us here an opportunity to um, to uh, do the same here. So um, we do have a new flyable ship, the Origin 325A, which I guess is a military fighter. Now, Caleb, that's not the the Origin ship you have, right? Um, no, I I had the Exploration, which is a 315P, and I melted oh, that to get my okay. Cutlass. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so I, it looks like this is going to be a ship for uh, arena commander for dogfighting primarily. Um, though I guess once we get to the uh, persistent universe, that it will be uh, usable for interdiction, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is uh, military different from militia? Well, that's that's kind of what I took away from the research I did is that it's kind of paramilitary that it's um like i say like national guard guys it's it's not your full-time occupation it's uh something that you have the training to do it but you might uh, engage in civilian activities right the time but does militia and military are those like the same class of ships I don't believe so. Um, I believe that the military is uh, designed uh, specifically for uh, fighting and that uh, the militia are instead uh, designed to uh, perform uh, more versatile functions. Okay. So I think like in a, in a pure fighter like the Hornet, um, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you couldn't do a lot of transport but in a militia ship, you have um, at least some cargo space such that you can um, uh, mm. perform some of those functions. Okay. But um, if if I'm wrong about that, please, uh, someone out there, email the show and let us know. 
to me, at first glance, it seems like militia is such like the root word is military in my mind. <laughs> you know, like yeah, the words are so close that I don't there's know. Cer- certainly something in common. Yeah. So my yeah. LN is a militia. Yes, militia slash okay. patrol. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of um, you know like we're. We're hall monitors. <laughs> we 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 want to play soldier, but we we uh, we have to go home and do our homework afterwards. <laughs> oh, so um, that you know, so that's exciting. A new flyable ship, and uh, then in uh, um, the letter from the chairman, uh, we had uh, gone through a couple of a couple of stretch goals. So we did get a letter on uh, the fourteenth, and Chris reported back. Uh, in the letter that he was uh, very, very happy with the results of CitizenCon and had a great time meeting and greeting with backers and fans and uh, 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 reiterated that uh, we're, we're just getting started, that uh, the, you know, the money is coming in and, and they're excited about uh, continuing to move forward. So um, I did, love uh, this Caleb... line, Chris is happy and had a great time at CitizenCon. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like he's in a throne, and we need to make sure that he's appeased at all times. I'm telling you, he's the man. He is the man. Well, that is true. Um, Caleb, did you get a chance to uh, to see any of the Citizen Con stuff? Because I know we missed you on the show last week. Yeah, um, I watched the. What was it? The. Um, I want to say permanent, persistent universe. Um, stream or whatever the video that showed you know the landing and walking around i did see that but that's about all i saw oh okay yeah that was definitely the highlight i think um there was other cool stuff too but that was that was definitely the um uh the highlight of the show i think sure so um and uh, oh uh then also i wanted to point out on that same letter from the chairman there is an image which is not credited but um i heard someone saying or read somewhere that people were suspected it was a star fair reveal it was just a um a, a picture of a corridor um with some pipes and panels and such and uh, it looked really really cool so um for folks that are um are holding a star fair i think uh i think that's got to be exciting now um, what is you... the star fair it's the um, transport vehicle, um, but it's designed, or a transport vehicle, but it's designed to carry liquids and gases, is my oh. understanding. So this is the, the ship that if you want to go out to um, a star, you can, you can harvest hydrogen. I'm not sure exactly how, how that works, um, but you're able to harvest hydrogen, and then you're also able to transport um, complete fuel i guess fuel that's been been refined um so it's like a tanker ship mm. uh, and so this I, is going to the... be the the moon shining ship <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think so um yeah this image the... does have a bunch of pipes in it so it fuel for the drunks <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah so i i think that was a there was some buzz about that so i i I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then um, at the end of the letter, there was a short video from Foundry 42 uh, highlighting the Avenger, the Gladius, Gladiator, and Retaliator. Um, and uh, if you guys get a chance, if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, it's, uh, 
I don't uh, I don't have any of these ships, but I know a lot of people are excited about the uh, the Avenger and the Retaliator uh, specifically. So uh, yeah, you don't see, see much on the Avenger. I was tempted to pick that that one up before, uh, before I I bought the uh, the Constellation. It's one of the earliest ships, isn't it? Yeah, I, I um, believe so. But it just seems like not many people talk about it, and they don't really showcase it much on the site. Hmm. But it it, it's, uh, it does seem like a really versatile ship. Yeah, I I think actually they they had a militia version of that ship too, whatever militia means. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there um, was a there was a two there's a two seater version as well. That might be trainer. Like the trainer. Yeah, the trainer. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. It's not listed on the site anymore, but at one point there was a trainer version in the ship stats page. Excellent. Um, and then finally, there was uh, uh, he made reference to, and there's a link to the stereoscopic 3D version of the Cutlass commercial, which um, I, I guess you can get software that allows you to watch it, but I haven't uh, I haven't done that. I don't know if either of you guys have have actually seen it. No, no, yeah. Um, I think I'll just wait for the Oculus. <laughs> Um, and then speaking of stretch goals, we went through three of them uh, in pretty rapid succession, uh, 56, 57, and 58 million. Uh, for 56 million, we got a J-SPAN Cryostar cooling system, which I think we discussed before uh, has to do with, um, I think, mostly for dogfighting, because I know that when in the few times that I've tried dogfighting, I've had issues with my uh, system overheating, and I guess this is supposed to help with that. Um, and then the uh, Misk Endeavor class research platform, which is uh, the hospital ship, I guess in one of its versions, you can also outfit it as a science uh, vessel or a deep space uh, uh, jump jump uh, system navigator, or uh, you can research uh, deep space jump points with it. Is, is what mm-hmm. I. But uh, I'm I'm thinking that if I'm going to get a big ship, that that's going to be the one that I'm going to get in the hospital variation because I'll be able to put my uh, Cutlass Red into it and then take it out and uh, do search and rescue stuff or battlefield um, medical stuff. Well, at that point, you'd have to hire NPCs to run it. Otherwise, there'd be nobody to fly your Cutlass out to actually get patients back. Well, I, yeah, that's right. Um, although I imagine that I would hire NPCs to man the ship once I got there. Um, I mean, assuming that you two guys aren't available. Um, <laughs> um, and then fly the Cutlass out, uh, bring patients back, and um, then, uh, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. So. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. The The whole hospital dynamic sounds pretty neat. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, and I think it's it's. Um, and we discussed this a little bit last time. I think it's going to be a role that is going to be in fairly good demand. So that's part of the reason why I decided to to go that way for for my big ship. Um, and and if not, then I'm sure that I'll be able to uh, to swap it out for something else at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, actually, the most uber cool thing uh, for 58 million stretch goal uh, 
blown through, we get 10,000 UEC to spend on fish. <laughs> which, which I did. Which I did, <laughs> oh and God. and I can't find them. They're oh, not no. in my hangar. They're not in my hangar. I don't know what happened. Do you have um, a fish tank in your hangar? I well, I have two, which I don't. I don't really under, <laughs> understand how that happened. Um, but there's there's one that's got water and coral and sand in it, and then there's another one that's sitting right next to it that's dry. And uh, did you forget was... to change the filter? <laughs> I did that. I, no one told me I had to change the filter. <laughs> was it that guy that was like, "Can we trade fish?" Maybe he maybe he like found your hanger and stole them. That's my that's my theory. You know, I'm really bad about locking doors, so I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out at this point. Um, no, I wonder if it's some sort of a. Um, I got I got to do some research. Uh, I got to find out because I believe the fish tank came with the asteroid hanger because I don't remember ever buying one. I'm pretty sure I didn't buy one because I think they're like ten bucks or ten thousand credits. Um, I've had a fish tank since the beginning. Really? Same. I never with, bought one. With water in it? Yeah. And huh. it, ha- it has some fish in it, too. Man, what am I doing wrong? I don't know. <laughs> Have you checked in a different hangar? Just swapping the hangar? Yeah, that that would be the thing to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've got, man, I've got homework. <laughs> Um, and then the last bit of news I wanted to bring up this week, and uh, uh, I'll apologize ahead of time. Uh, it is a little bit lore heavy here. Um, there's uh, in the Galactic Guide uh, section of the website they uh, did an expose on the Baker system, which um, is pretty close to Terra. It turns out. Uh, it is inhabited, technically. I'm not sure what, uh, you know, technically in air quotes. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Uh, but it does have uh, three planets which are uninhabitable um, and, according to the description, pretty hostile, at least, you know, in their atmosphere and uh, their surface are, are, you know, like noxious chemicals and stuff. Um, there is one place that, uh, a planet called Xenia, that is a shipping hub. Uh, but... Uh, the thing about it that um, um, uh, prompted me to include it here is that it is the host to a race. And this is uh, something it sounds like it's going to be outside the context of the Murray Cup. Or if it is in the Murray Cup, it's not going to be in Arena Commander. It's going to be in the Persistent Universe, it sounds like. And it's um, you know it's got some, some flavor... Uh, uh, to the lore, it's you know it's an illegal race technically. It's not sa- officially sanctioned, and you use these uh, inhospitable planets as um, as uh, uh, course markers. And uh, parts of the race, uh, you are able to shoot at each other. Um, one part of the race, you're not. Um, and it's it's announced only. It happens about twice a year, and it's announced only 24 hours before it starts. So it's kind of got you know some of that kind of um, uh, street racing sort of uh, um, sexy to it. So I'm um, anyway. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be fun. And um, I myself am not really all that into the lore aspect of the game. And I don't know if we've discussed this on the show, but I my recollection is that you guys are also not really into the lore that much. Is that correct? 
Um, I would say that for the most part, it's not a huge thing. Um, if the gameplay is good enough, like it will be in this game, but at the same time, if I like a game enough, I like to get down and and discover all the details. And so I don't know. We I may may end up getting into it once the game's actually out. But at this point, I'm kind of not wanting to spoil any of the. You know, I don't, I want to be able to explore when the game's out. Yeah, it depends on how good it is, because, um, like in in the Halo games. Uh, those really intrigued me, so I actually went and read a couple, or three, three of the Halo books, mm-hmm. um, and I found those pretty pretty cool. So, yeah, it just depends on how well it's written, and if there's interesting stuff there that I want to learn more about. So, hopefully, hopefully it'll be pretty good, because uh, I do like to get into the lore after something hooks me, so... Yeah, yeah I, I think that's kind of the way I look at it, too, is that my interest in lore is sort of bottom-up. It's not really top-down. It's like when I'm investigating a game, I don't want to master the lore before playing the game. I instead want to find something that's interesting within the game, and then if I'm uh, compelled to do so, look it up at that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and, I, and actually, I think for from the perspective of, of immersion... Uh, or maximizing your immersion, that that's actually better. Because if you think about it, you know, would you, in in what real-life situation, would you know everything about everything, you know, uh, kind yeah, of going into no, it? Yeah, know everything I mean, before you go into it. Right, right. That's um, That doesn't seem to be as much. But, you know, I, I also, I mean, I don't want to make other people's yum my yuck, you know. It's... Uh, I know that for some people that's really what they uh, what they enjoy. So you know, more power to them. So, yeah. But anyway, this one just caught my eye. I mean, I know that there's lots of other lore stuff that goes uh, across the website that um, I very seldom check on. I just you know, if uh, if it's got a pretty picture, I'll click on it. <laughs> I usually last about half a paragraph and then I'm on to something else. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and finally, what Chris uh, said in. Um, in the uh, the end, I think it was it. It might have been his uh, uh, ten for the chairman, but he said that there's going to be uh, an arena commander update uh, that's going to happen at the end of this month, and it's going to fix some issues with flight controls and a bunch of other cool stuff, is what he said. Um, but he didn't elaborate on what. They're going to have an in-game Halloween. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. Let's hope not. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, I mean, although that's, you know, in Borderlands, uh, that was always fun. And, uh, you know, in uh, Guild Wars 2, uh, that was that was a lot of fun, too. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of over the top and stuff, but, you know. Yeah, the holiday patches. Yeah, you know, it's, you know I don't want to be too bah humbug. <laughs> yeah. So have you guys uh, uh, heard about anything else in the official news that uh, you wanted to bring up? Not really. I mean, it... it... It has been pretty barren since uh, Citizen Con, so I'm I'm just holding out for for PAX Australia. Hopefully, we'll get some FPS gameplay. Mm. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty stoked to see that. 
Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. I mean, because I think uh, when we recorded the last episode, uh, it seemed like that day a bunch of stuff hit the website. So I was sort of expecting there to be a bunch of uh, things to report on this week in the official uh, news portion of the show. But oh well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, the biggest things are the new Cutlass variants, which people should go check out. There's a trailer for that on YouTube and on RSI, and also the PU demo, which everybody should should see. I can't remember. Did we? Did we cover that last week? Uh, yes, we did. Okay. Yes, yes but, yeah. we did. You should you should go back and watch at least those two videos. They're only a couple minutes long, but they're they're pretty awesome. Yeah, I think the links on the website are new since last week, but the stuff was was out on YouTube uh, before we recorded last time. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the verse chat portion where we'll kind of discuss. The uh, stuff coming from the community, and we include in that, of course, the 10 for the chairman, because those are community questions that Chris answers for us. Uh, in uh, We've got a couple episodes to go through, and I just went and uh, picked a couple questions from each uh, one, episodes 41 and 42, which came out yesterday, that I thought would be interesting. Um, and this is sort of back to the Starfare. Uh, in episode 41, a... Uh, a subscriber asked, what role will fuel play in the persistent universe, particularly in the lawless regions? Will access to fuel be something organizations fight over in order to reach the most remote and valuable reaches of space? I thought that was a pretty interesting question. It's like, you know, right right now there is no fuel consideration. You know, you can just, you can play an arena commander all day long and uh, never go to the gas pump. Yeah. Um, and uh, what Chris said about that was that they hadn't really fleshed out uh, what their uh, uh, hard and fast rules are going to be about it. However, there are going to be different kinds of fuel, uh, that there's going to be fuel you need for uh, boost, and then also fuel for your general engines, and then also a different fuel for jump drives. Um, and where and how you uh, acquire these different types of fuel um, are uh, still up in the air, but uh, at least that we know that there's going to be those different um, kinds of uh, fuel, and I'm, and I'm guessing maybe even for different kinds of ships that you're going to need a different sort of. You can you can get you know uh, AM PM unleaded for your Aurora, but uh, for your M50 you're going to probably want something a little bit, a little bit uh, higher octane. So yeah, I th- I thought that that was uh, you know kind of. Um, um, some interesting context and you know it sort of emphasizes the importance of the starfare you know in being able to harvest these fuels and uh, um, I'm, I don't know that there's going to be a refining uh, function to the ship but uh, I'm guessing there will be refinery nodes where you will take the the, uh, the raw materials to and, and get it uh, taken care of I can't remember have they talked about uh, components in your ship degrading over time just from re- regular use? He did say, uh, in response to another question, which I didn't put down here, that there would be wear and tear on the exterior specifically. Um, so I'm guessing that that means yes, that there's going to be, you know, your engines, the, the stuff with moving parts will probably need to be. Um, maintained to, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe uh, a tow truck ship would be something that they could add <laughs> later on to help people that break down or something. Isn't that one of the um, uh, 
uh, one of the uh, ships that's in one of the stretch goal poles. There's, there's some I sort of a repair. I can't remember. A repair vessel of uh, some there's sort? There's a search and rescue um, ship. Um, that's all that is relative to that in the last poll. There may have been an earlier one. Oh, Okay. Um, but yeah, that that seems uh, seems reasonable. That you know, if you break down in um, the middle of nowhere, and you know, is there going to be the equivalent of AAA in the in the game? You know, that yeah. would be that would be pretty cool. <laughs> so you know, I think it's you know different kinds of fuel. Um, where where you get the fuel? I mean, in the in the lawless areas, uh, are you going to? Are there going to be places to buy it? You're going to have to buy black market fuel, or are there going to be, um, you know, you, know, you think about it in 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 bad neighborhoods uh, in the real world, uh, there tend to be fewer gas stations. So, um, uh, how is that going to play out in the persistent universe? Questions, questions, questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, and then uh, another question from episode 41 uh, about the hospital ship, which we were discussing earlier. Uh, the person asked, how does the hospital ship and the ambulance tie into the death of a spaceman mechanic? Will the hospital ship be used as a mobile respawn point? Um, and what Chris said is, yeah, uh, the hospital ship and the Cutlass Red Ambulance will be able to patch up and heal injured combatants and thereby, you know, save their lives, and um, also uh, thereby slowing the iteration of uh, the of death. I guess because, um, as I understand it, you you get injured significantly a certain number of times before you die, and then all your stuff goes on to um, your beneficiary. Um, and so, um, you know, when you die, don't doesn't like one of your appendages. App- appendages uh, get replaced with a robotic part or something there's a chance for it I don't I don't know if it's guaranteed but yeah something will happen okay. um, visually okay because I thought um, they, you just basically go until you're a full cyborg <laughs> and then you die yeah. <laughs> something like that well I, I thought that that happened when you were injured um, that you are you get near death you become unconscious or or what have you um so many times uh and then and then you actually die but you could come back from these near death experiences with a, a scar or a missing limb or um something like that but yeah. uh, but you think that it, you think that you actually die several times before uh you die for final for good uh, well, I can't remember how they said like a full death would happen, but I think they said that they can like bring you back. Yeah, I think the only time uh, you would fully die is if you go through a jump point that went somewhere and you basically died in the jump. But yeah, anytime you like explode or are killed, um, that's what John and I were referring to as a death, but technically you don't die you get saved and that's where you'd wake up in the hospital or whatever okay okay um cool so i you know the kind of the the the, what came up for me in in, from that question was uh is there going to be some sort of penalty to 
uh, to actually dying? Is there going to be uh, a delay in getting back into the game? Would you recover from a bad injury quicker than you would from an actual death? So is there going to be an incentive put into the game that you don't want to die, uh, that you want to stay alive um, uh, so that you don't have to go through whatever process it is that, uh, um, that dying entails? You know, because I'm thinking that that if if there is, then that that would be a reason for people to pay the ambulance driver to save them. Because otherwise, if it's easier just to die, why don't you just say, you know, no, let me die. I'm not going to pay you. I'll just respawn back uh, wherever and uh, come back out. Well, I think I think the ambulance is basically a way for them to respawn closer to where they are at currently. I think okay. otherwise they would respawn at like their their home hangar or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Caleb. Do you know anything about this? Um, well, what I'm thinking of is just it reminds me of typical MMOs. Like you, you have a healer for the purpose of getting that person back sooner than having them, you know, respawn way back. Like what you guys are saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I'm just wondering how, you know, now that I'm a doctor, how am I going to get paid? Yeah, and I don't know if you'll get paid like that or if it's just going to benefit you because you'll have another teammate still alive. You know, like in other MMOs, you you probably don't get paid much if you're the healer in the group. But but it's benefiting yeah. your team, so you're getting something out of it. Plus, it, even if you, if you, if there's no way for you get it, to get paid by, um, uh, player characters there'd probably be a bunch of things for you to do for uh npcs mm-hmm. yeah i'm just wondering if if they're going to set up all of these roles be they player characters or npcs based on their supply and demand economy i'm just wondering how how it is that they're going to create demand for doctor services and and why it is that doctors would want to supply those services so the other thing that I thought of was, I think, John, you've played Planet Side 2. I don't know about you, Gleep, but yep. they probably wouldn't do this, but they had um, vehicles where you could respawn, and so people would drive them around and you could respawn there. And whoever um, was the driver of that vehicle got a benefit just, you know, as an automated system, but <clears throat> just some kind of reward for taking the time to get that vehicle out into the field, so... Mm-hmm. It's been done. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting in this game. There's not going to be any XP. Yeah, <laughs> there, that 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 potential reward system doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, ah. yeah, I guess the real only real reward would be UEC. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, interesting. Questions, questions. Yeah. So excellent. There's there's just endless questions <laughs> that we could ask Chris Roberts. Exactly, exactly. If if he would just answer one of them, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, not bitter, not bitter. Um, okay, so then moving on to uh, 10 for the Chairman uh, yesterday, episode 42, um, and his sort of ties back to what we were discussing a moment ago about uh, staffing my hospital ship. Uh, the, the person asked, and I'm paraphrasing here, if I take my 85X, which I believe is the, um, the ship that sits on the back of the 890 jump, uh, and land planet side, leaving my 890 jump in orbit, what happens to the 890? 
uh, is it still in an instance? Can it be space jacked, pirated, destroyed, or otherwise bothered? I, I liked I like that phrase. Otherwise bothered. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey you, you're bothering my ship. Um, that guy keyed my ship. <laughs> <laughs> that ooh that ooh that would be bad. Um, <laughs> And uh, Chris's answer said, in general, if you have left friends or NPCs on the 890, it will persist in the instance, and those left behind can tend to it and defend it. Uh, But if you leave it unmanned, then it will be vulnerable to all the normal nasty things. Uh, He did specifically in his response say that you could hire NPCs to defend your ship. So... Um, that leads me to believe that it will be possible for me to um, staff uh, my hospital ship or for folks who are, uh, you know, playing a reclaimer uh, to be able to staff uh, um, uh, parts of it using NPCs and then select what portion or what role on the crew they want to play themselves. Yeah, it sounds like the NPCs are going to be pretty smart and they'll pretty much do whatever you need them to do. And it sounds like we're going to be depending upon them quite a bit. So yeah. um, I, I hope that they, they are smart. Um, and I know they've I, they've talked a couple of times or in Around the Verse and other um, things from CIG. I've heard them talking about the guy that they have doing their NPC AI, and he's like some genius guy. So, um, you know, I hope some of, some <laughs> of that... He's a genius guy. Yeah, genius guy. Um, I'm hoping some... <laughs> yes. Mr. That... Genius Guy, the third. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that some of that 58 million makes it to him. So, uh, <laughs> do a good job, dude. Um, then uh, the second question from uh, from yesterday's episode, uh, the person asked, "If you are out in the verse and dial die while EVA, what happens to the ship? Does it become salvageable? Does it pop back into your hangar?" And Chris's answer was, if a friend of your a friend of yours finds the ship, he or she will be able to recover it and your body uh, for you. Uh, but if someone you don't know is in the same instance, they will be able to salvage the ship or take it or whatever. There will be some com- mechanic put in place to incentivize search and rescue types to find and rescue you, and that mechanic will also incentivize you to want to be rescued rather than just dying. So this kind of goes back to um, what we were discussing just a moment ago, but when Chris answers these questions, he and he's all, I mean, to be fair, he always says, you know, this is, <clears throat> we're still working on this, and this is just off the top of my head, but it seems to be that the flavor of it is that there's going to be something in place to um, make these things behave in a, in a more real-world fashion, but just exactly what those those things are is, is unclear. I think what, what I've observed is it seems like the you know, they have these polls of which role would you like to see for a fourth wave of ships, you know? And my guess is they really haven't thought too much about how the roles are going to work until people actually pick them. (laughs) And so they, you know, probably are focusing on, on these new, you know, types of ships that are being brought into the game. And, you know, they're not really fleshed out yet. They're still in the process of figuring out, okay, how is this actually going to be used in the game now that people want it? (laughs) Yeah, good point. Um, and you know, they they've said as much. You know, as far as um, uh, the uh, crowdsourcing is that you know what you're what you're paying for is actually the development of the game, and 
but you get this really cool ship too. Exactly what it does, you know, that's yet to be determined. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one other uh, community-generated thing I thought would be cool to bring to the show. Um, I watched an episode of uh, Galactic Inquiry. Have you guys watched uh, that show? It's on YouTube. I did watch uh, watch most of that episode. Okay, I, episode 14.1, um, and it's hosted by a guy who I guess used to be on Wingman's Hangar, is that correct? Um, yeah, he Michael used Moreland? to... Yeah, he, he, um, he, he filmed the show, at least. I think maybe he wrote it, too, and uh, he had a segment on it that he's carried over to his show that's on YouTube, Galactic Inquiry. Um, so I don't really know what happened there. I don't know if he still works for uh, CIG or or what, but yeah, he's got a show on YouTube now, and um, it's pretty interesting. He had some pretty crazy stuff in there. Yeah, there was a, um, a community member, Fiendish Feather, uh, d- uh, provided a video uh, featuring some planet side FPS action, and uh, it looked really real. But I mean, it's I don't know that it's it's actually real stuff because if if it is, it's like wow, where did that come from? I mean, was it leaked or or, or what? But uh, I think John, you watched uh, watched that uh, um, uh, clip, and I you know at first I thought it might be uh, Destiny uh, for a second, but. Uh, um, it, it's actually um, they they landed on a planet in a freelancer. So I'm thinking, <laughs> unless uh, they've uh, ported freelancers into Destiny, it was not. Yeah, it it did look like um, CryEngine. So I think I think this guy just took assets from Star Citizen and uh, put that together inside CryEngine uh, and made that video. So it did it did look pretty impressive. Uh, not quite up to you know, Star Citizen standards, but um, it's it's pretty interesting to watch. It's, you know, kind of a, a concept of what FPS will or might look like in Star Citizen when they implement it. Yeah, well, it's it sure uh, got me excited for uh, for a minute. Yeah, so. and, and they bring out this uh, microwave gun <laughs> that shoots <laughs> like a laser. It's pretty was, cool. It was definitely a Borderlands gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that. That seemed a little over the top, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, I have no idea where that's from. Uh, definitely uh, would recommend uh, checking out Galactic Inquiry, uh, specifically episode fourteen point one. And uh, I, um, I think that uh, Michael Moreland is is uh, is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that that may just be me. His his segment on uh, I I actually just found out about his new show when, when you uh, shared it, but. Uh... His segment on Wingman's Hangar was pretty funny. It was just him in like a smoking jacket, and he was reading poetry. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. Oh, cool! And then on the same show, there was another uh, uh, community-generated video, and I didn't catch the name of the person that did this. Um, uh, we do have a link to it, uh, which um, we can. I think we can try to post in show notes somewhere. Yeah. Um, of a reclaimer claw uh, smashing a hornet, and it kind of went through the process. Like the the claw grabbed the uh, the ship and slowly squeezed it, and you got the perspective both from outside and inside the ship as you know the, the systems were were failing, and it was really really cool. Um, 
Although it's, it does uh, kind of look like it was made in Gary's mod. <laughs> oh, do you think? <laughs> I mean, it it may have been done in uh, CryEngine as well, but the claw itself had like low low quality textures and stuff. Nice. So. Uh, I just want for it to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that that was that was cool stuff that I uh, I uh, I saw on my phone while at the gym. So I thought, oh. <laughs> Got it. So I immediately forwarded it on to John. Nice. Says, Check this out. <laughs> um, and uh, so this week in uh, Say My Name, Chris Roberts, I'm giving Chris the week off uh, just because uh, I'm a really nice guy and he's been really busy. And <laughs> and I, you forgot to submit a question. And I didn't get a question in on time. So. <laughs> um, and I, I entirely blame Borderlands, uh, the pre-sequel for that. Um, <laughs> um, I promise to be better next time. Um, and so next, uh, our verse cast topic of the week. And, uh, this week I thought we might talk uh, for a few minutes about piracy. Um, you know, uh, it's going to exist. I mean, we have pirate ships, um, but, you know, sort of like militia, I'm not really sure exactly what a pirate is. And, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm not all that crazy about having my, my stuff stolen. Um, so I'm, you know, sort of uh, wondering what you guys think about it. Do you think, uh, do you think there's going to be, um, certainly there's a place for piracy, but do you think that there is a danger of uh, piracy getting out of control? I know in games like uh, Eve Online that that is a, a common complaint uh, from some people that uh, that uh, these pirate groups get really really large and sort of uh, steal the fun out of the game. So. What do you guys think? Uh, one thing I... I think... I th- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to go back to what we had talked about on one of the episodes about the PvP slider. And, you know, you're not going to you're not gonna get spawn camped. You're not going to be, like, at Earth and get pirated. That's not going to happen, I don't think, from what we've been hearing. And so, yeah, my hope is that, you know, there will be a... A somewhat, I don't know, I guess it's kind of hard to say how much I wanted to say, like, I don't know, half, I don't know, maybe half of space or less should be, should be an area that you could be pirated in, but I think it also is going to be dependent on that slider and, you know, where you are. Yeah, I think it, it really depends on how they balance, like, NPC, uh, police mm-hmm. i guess um cuz mm-hmm. surely there will be um you know policed areas that are run by npcs and if they if they lock those down and uh if they do a good job with that and keep the pirates out of those areas um see the thing i imagine is you would hear about something really cool at the edge of space and you want to go out there and check it out but you know that the uh what do you call it the united earth uee the uee uh the, yes. the uee doesn't uh have any power in that area so you know that there's a possibility that pirates could be out there and uh commandeer your ship uh, mm mm-hmm. So I think, I think, 
it's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard to balance the risk because you want you know a solo player to be able to do something, but at the same time, if you've got these big pirate guilds and you're a solo player, you that really doesn't work out. <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's I, it's kind of um, uh, because I, I I you know I've heard people saying you know hey I'm not you know I'm not the kind of player that I like to just log in and play when I play. I'm not going to be a part of a larger group or something, you know, and, and, you know, am I going to have to worry about having my stuff, uh, taken? And I know that one thing that, um, uh, is going to play a big part in how all of this stuff is managed is the way that they instance things, which is really kind of hard in, for, at least for me in my head to get my brain around, because I think of everything in three-dimensional space, but instancing actually is going to be sort of adding a fourth dimension where, you know, you could be at the same coordinates, but you're not necessarily going to be seeing everybody else that's at those same coordinates um, at the same time. And I don't know if the PvP, PvE slider is going to uh, feed into that in a way that, you know, how safe your instance is going to be, at least from a uh, from an, uh, another a PC uh, perspective. But yeah, I don't know. I, that, I, go ahead. Yeah, I just kind of had this idea. It wouldn't solve everything, but with that idea, um, you have your solo player that's a good guy, just doing some trade run or whatever, but he has to go through a dangerous area. Um, I I think you could probably make a system where if there's a huge party of ships that's you know obviously all pirate ships that the game would just be like oh they shouldn't be in the same instance just because of the sheer um contrast between the two groups but that would that would take away from some realism but it would also add in some some fun for the person that doesn't want to play with a big group and have to schedule things because of gankers <laughs> yeah yeah I, and i and i think that's you that's a good word for because that's really who we're i think if i'm understanding us right uh concerned about is gankers is people spawn campers folks that they're the only thing they do to play the game is just wait for somebody else to show up and uh break their fun you mm-hmm. know that whether whether or not they're actually getting a loot out of it or not it's um you know they're I don't think that that's, you know, I don't th- any kind of Yeah, fight. and I don't think it should always be a fair fight, but I think that to some extent you have to protect that player. I mean, in the perfect world, I don't know if they're going to be able to do all that, but Well, I know one thing that Chris has said is that PCs are only going to be 10% of the total player population. So that means that 90%, roughly, uh are going to be NPCs and uh, that those are NPCs are going to exist to fill roles, and so um, you know maybe in those lawless areas there's going to be a large number of NPC, uh, either police or mercenaries that you can hire for a relatively um, uh, cheap price, um, available uh, to guide you through if it is actually necessary for you to get through um, lawless space. Um, so I, you know, I think it's, it's, um, I guess that is, it's too early. that is one solution for the solo players. They can, if they have the funds, they can hire, you know, wingmen or 
you know, a group of NPCs to protect them. They don't have to have real players do that, I guess. Well, I mean, especially, you know, think if, like, you have um, a, a person that the only thing they want to do is fly a Starfarer. And I don't mm. I don't know specifically what sort of armaments the Starfarer has, but I'm guessing that if a person is flying that by themselves, they're not going to be um, very good at defending yeah. uh, against attacks. So they're going to have to have either... Um, I think it has a crew of two, if I remember correctly. So they're going to have to hire an NPC to fill the second crew position and uh, probably hire some mercenaries to uh, fly protection. Um, so, yeah, yeah I think uh, I, it's too early to, you know, like be concerned, I think. But, um, you know, I it just there are I know there are other games where I've had a lot of fun um, most of the time. But uh, there have been times where. Um, spawn campers and gankers have uh, really sort of uh, um, ruined it for me. And I just hope that that, you know, is not going to be the case here. Well, you know, they've talked about having multiple characters, and honestly, I think it'd be kind of fun to have a second character that was a pirate. That, you know, that that was another question I was going to ask, is is, does that sort of... um, uh, uh, play style appeal to you guys in any way and if so in you know in what context are are you you know like boarding boarding ships or um uh i'm get, i'm guessing because you you're both swell guys that you don't want to be spawned <laughs> uh, um but uh you know i myself i mean i think it would be fun to be part of a boarding party you know to to like go on a a, a multi crew ship and uh go you know Play capture the Idris, or uh, yeah, or or in in the PU, um, but you know, as far as you know, hiding out and waiting for um, you know poorly defended individuals to come by just so I can ha you know, I'm not really that doesn't float my boat too much. Well, the thing is, they've they've talked about the PvP slider, obviously, and if uh, I would assume they would set it up so that people that there's probably going to be some benefit from turning on the PvP. Mm-hmm. Like you'll you'll receive more UEC or something. I don't know what the benefit would be. But obviously most people that don't want to be pirates would want to turn off piracy as much as they could. Yeah, you would... Yeah, there's going to have to be an incentive to turn it on. Yeah. You know, so... That'll be more questions. Yeah. More questions. Um, and one last question I had about this is maybe you guys know, I have not heard. Uh, suppose my ship gets jacked. What what happens to the ship? I mean, does the pirate get to insure it and make it his ship? Um, I'm assuming that my insurance would cover it, that I would get another one. So is this is this a way that new ships are going to uh, be introduced into the, the universe? Um, or... Um, is uh, is is uh, the ship that someone? If you steal a ship, are you always in danger of being discovered? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Hmm. Well, may, ha, there's a question for <laughs> um, for uh, for Chris for next week. So I think I, I hope... in in this episode we've had like five questions already. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I, I hope he appreciates the week off because I'm, I'm coming at I'm coming back at him hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
uh, unless you guys have any more pirate chat, um, um, I think we can move on to what we've been playing. I'll, I have one thing about the pirate stuff, just because oh, I've been playing Archage, of course. We've we've known that. And <laughs> <laughs> and once you get to endgame, it's kind of different, just because you got to figure out you know what, what's interesting now to do besides the questing and... Um, you know, trying to get your skills and all that kind of stuff. And there's, you know, people like different things about MMOs and just games in general, but obviously combat is a <laughs> almost um, almost given with gaming. And I think that the funnest gaming is when there's a good reward. And my guess is that PvP or piracy... Um, is going to be kind of a good thing in that way because um, there will be pirates, but that doesn't mean that they're only going to be attacking you. You'll also be able to attack them if you see, you know, a pirate ship. And <clears throat> I think some of the funnest things are going to be, you know, deciding that, okay, as a guild or organization, we need to go take out these guys because they, you know, killed our buddy or whatever. And I, th- I think there will be a lot of a, fun, a lot of fun to be had with that kind of um, fighting. Because I find it kind of um, that I get tired of structured PvP or like, you know, 4v4, whatever, just because there's no reason to fight besides just, you know, whatever they they set up as a reward. I'd rather have a, a system where, you know, there's actually a reason that you're fighting this person and you're going to get, you know, quite a bit from taking their ship or whatever. You're going to get a lot of money that way so anyway that's just right. just why why i think piracy could be a good thing makes it personal mm-hmm. yeah yeah <clears throat> all right well i guess i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get back into arena commander and learn to defend <laughs> myself <laughs> <laughs> cool so um a, apart from arch age arch mage arch age God, I, can, I, I can't remember the name of that game uh, um what else have we been playing? Let me guess. Um, Borderlands? No. I have. Yep. John? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been playing Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Excellent. And how are you finding it, John? It's pretty good so far. Um, I think I think we, we covered it pretty well last week, but uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying it. Wow, I and I think uh, Caleb said uh, uh, let us know before we started tonight that he actually has finished the game. Um, so, uh, Caleb, what uh, on a scale of um, A to F, what do you give it? I I would say I didn't play Borderlands Two right when it came out, and I don't know if it was buggy at all. But there are a couple bugs in this game that have been frustrating, and finding where you're supposed to go at times. Gleep and I were having. A hard time with that especially but there's just some difficult yeah. difficult things that you kind of have to get around um there's a bunch of lava that i think most of my deaths are from lava so there's a i have a few frustrations but i do like the story they did a good job with a variety of characters as usual and mm-hmm. yeah i mean overall I, w- I would give it a good score i yeah my only complaints are just what i said and other than that it's it's very similar to Borderlands 2 in quality, and I'm waiting for the DLC, because that'll be fun. And I haven't finished in terms of leveling, but yeah, I did finish the main story in the first playthrough. 
Yeah, a lot of people don't know that this game wasn't actually developed by Gearbox. Mm. It was it was done by 2K Australia. So oh. yeah, Gearbox. I think they're taking a break before. Well, right now, they're working on their a new game called Battleborn. I believe is what it's called, oh, yeah. and it's like an FPS uh, MOBA or something. Oh. Um, but you would think that after they're done with that, they'll start work on Borderlands Three. I think the numbered games are the ones that 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 they are focused on, and and this is just like a a stopgap before Borderlands Three. Mm. But it's it's a good game on its own. I like it. I think it's it's well done so far. But yeah, I, I have noticed a couple of glitches. It seems like there's more invisible walls. <laughs> um, mm. They're not really that intrusive, but it's just kind of annoying when I'm running around and jumping. Because I like yeah. to, I, I like to go places that you're not supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's interesting that they didn't even um, uh, they didn't develop it for next gen consoles even. So um, yeah, it's... I I think the idea behind that is to to wait until they have a, a bunch of DLC and then release a game of the year edition. You know, oh, on PC uh, and well, it's already on PC, but they would probably try to release it again on PC and next gen. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm enjoying it too. I think it's you know it's a lot of fun, and I, I mean the and the humor is is um, always makes me laugh. So yeah, um, can't ask for more than that. Yeah. Plus, it has like all of the characters returning from the first and second game, pretty yeah. much most of them. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a although so I, Dr. Zed isn't there, which is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a that that weird uh either um Russian or uh Czech uh Republic uh gal. Just generic nurse Nina Eastern European. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with with her rubber gloves, which are kind of freaky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all right. Well, excellent. Um any you guys got anything else? That's pretty much it. I haven't really had a ton of time to play over the last few days, but yeah, I want to play some more Borderlands this week. Maybe jump into Star Citizen, um, and then I'm pretty much holding out for, uh, what is it, like Far Cry 4 is the next game I'm looking forward to, so yeah. Oh, cool, cool. All right, well, very good. Um... I am Gleep, and you can find me in the Those Guys with Ships Star Citizen organization. Um, also, I'm on the RSI subscriber forums, and at House Gleep, spelled with E's instead of threes, <laughs> on the tw- on the Twitter machine, and then again on Steam, uh, GL33P. Um, you can reach the podcast at theversecast at gmail.com, on Twitter at versecast. And our Star Citizen organization can be found at robertsspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash Versecast. Please do review us on iTunes. Um, you can just search for Versecast to find us. You know, I I think you could change your Twitter handle to GL33P, and it would probably be unique enough that nobody else had it. You think that might still be available? Probably. <laughs> Maybe. I should check that out. <laughs> then you could have one name instead of telling people what, which one has threes and which one has E's every time. I, you know, I think I, I may still have warrants out on that one, so I, maybe I need to leave, leave that for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
So where where can the fans find you guys? Uh, uh, you can find me at the only Jonto on Twitter and Steam, and you can find my YouTube and Twitch channel at the only John Connor. Sweet. Um, you can find me on Steam, Katarn, and also on Twitter, Katarn87, and that's it. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, until uh, until next week, uh, we will see you in the verse. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>